Well, the Western Force have finally returned home after almost nine weeks on the road competing in the Super Rugby AU competition. And while they didn't win any games, they won a lot of fans right across the country. And the coach of the side is Tim Sampson, and he joins us now. Tim, nice to have you back on the Rugby Wrap. Oh, it's great to be here, fellas, and uh, I've been keep, keeping a close eye on the, the followers, mate, and I'd love to see you guys hit the 1,000 mark. <laughs> now, before we get into it, I can just say on behalf of all the Western Four supporters, just a big thanks to you and the team, and congratulations on the way you all just got stuck in, you didn't complain, and you really did make the whole WA rugby community very proud, so I wanted to get that off the top. Yeah, thanks, mate, and uh, it, it's, uh, it goes without saying that um, you know, it's, uh, we, we miss playing at home. Uh, in front of our, you know, the sea of blue. And, um, yeah, it was tough on the road, mate, but we, we take a lot out of it and learned a lot. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the rugby in a sec, but, but how, how tough was that whole trip? Yeah, I think we, we made a point uh, before we left not to uh, not to harp on it. And um, if, if we're going to make sacrifices like we all did, that we've got to make the most of it. And uh, I think, you know, when, when you're in the grind of it day to day and... Um, yeah, you are, you are playing in a competition like this. So you, you don't really focus too much on it and you, you're obviously very busy and travelling a lot. But as the tournament went on, I, I don't think we can hide away from the fact that it, it did start to take its toll on us, mate. And, um, uh, yeah, it was it was tough. But, uh, gee, gee whiz, uh, the staff and the players were um, they were, they were so good. They were fantastic. And, uh, like you said before, we just got on with the job, mate. And I think you can see... Um, you know, from our performances each week, um, you know, just just how well we applied ourselves given um, some challenging circumstances. And what what were some of the biggest challenges in the in the time you were away? Well, early early on in the competition, we, we only knew um, what, what laid ahead for the next fortnight. So even you know three weeks out from a game, we didn't know where the fixture was going to be played. We, which meant we uh, we didn't know where we were going to be staying, um, so we had to we had to change locations pretty quickly, and um, then then source training fields and gymnasiums, and um, you know the accommodation challenges came with uh, you know places having to accommodate you know, approximately 50 people yeah. um, at yeah. such short notice. So that there were some challenges early on in the competition, um, which um, you know when when you're not in your own nest at home and training at different facilities, not knowing what the facility was going to be like, uh, going to gymnasiums where we had to book the whole gymnasium out due to COVID. Uh, we then had to adjust our schedule because we couldn't uh, we couldn't get into the gym as 30-odd you know, players. We could only do it in, in halves, like two groups of 15. So, yeah, well, mate, it was tough. But, um, you know, again, thanks to, well, thank, you know, to, to the staff. Um, and the local communities who just embraced us um, immensely and changed up their schedules as well um, to take us take us in was um, it was so nice. It sounds like there wasn't a whole lot of downtime. Did you find that you were just on the go the whole time, just having yeah. to overcome those and just planning constantly planning? Yeah, certainly, Mick. And it seemed like we we're on the road on the road the whole time. There was a fair bit of travel going on, but once we um, settled into our Wherever we were staying, um, I think that you know we tried to give the guys a fair bit of downtime and, and just try to make it uh, much like as if they were living here or yeah, living back here in Perth. And I think where we first stayed at the Hunter Valley, we were there for about three weeks. We were at a um, at a resort there, and there was a golf course there on, on the resort. So 
I think that was really, really good for us, mate, just to be able to um, you know, get away from rugby. And the, there is a fair chunk of guys that love their golf. So, um, that was a good little spot. And then um, from there on, we stayed coastal. We went to Coffs Harbour for a week. Um, then we bumped up to Kingscliff for, I think, just on three weeks and then down to Avoca for a week. So, we, we, had, we stayed at really nice places. And how did you keep the players motivated? Did you have to do a lot of work with them or did you find they, they sort of kept themselves up? Yeah, we, we, we did do a fair bit of work with them. And I think um, you know, the, the motivation each week was, as obviously as the tournament went on, was, was to get a win. Um, and I thought we were, uh, yeah, we were very close to getting that in those first couple of rounds. And you know, the motivation um, levels, I think, just increased as it went. And um, you know, knowing that uh, yeah, what goals we set ourselves early on and, and, and like I said before, if we're going to sacrifice so much that we, we've got to give it all, all our all. So I, I'd sort of planned and mapped out in my head that uh, around the week six mark was where uh, we're probably going to hit a flat spot and it, it worked out that way, um, yeah, looking back on it. And that was uh, how I mapped it out in my head was uh, playing those first four games and then we had a bye which is really nice. And then uh, we'll come back in a week after that and be um, have a lot of uh, energy again after a week off. But then that next week, following that week, is when I thought, well, you know, being on the road for so long, that week six is where it could really hit us. And I think it did because that was leading into that Queensland Reds game where, yeah. unfortunately, uh, in that last 20 minutes, they, uh, they just steamrolled us. Yeah. And because, as I said, a lot of those games, you were certainly competitive. You're lost in that the super time and then as we saw on the weekend right down to the wire what was the difference between winning those close games and, and not winning them yeah the, I mean we always talk about key moments in in sport and in games and I think uh, yeah that there were you know just a couple of key moments in each of those games that cost us and I, I think early on um, it was probably our set piece that let us down a bit more so around our line out but we, we cleaned that up as the tournament went on. Um, you know, probably those, you know, game three, game four uh, was just an execution thing. And, and you know, that, that Brumbies game where they skipped out to a 12-0 lead after four minutes, I think, you know, just unfortunately, um, we let ourselves down with our, um, our systems. And we just, we were rattled, um, you know, after going down. You know, 12 new early on after four minutes, uh, we, we just we were way out of whack. The, you know, I think the, we were pretty rattled and uh, lost or, or got away from our processes. And um, you know, I think we clawed ourselves back into that game for a brief period, but then um, you know, it wasn't that that was probably one of the most disappointing performances, to be honest, just because we went away from what we'd practice and, and how we play. And then uh, I think as it went on, you, you could probably tell that the, the last. 20 minutes of each game then was um, was where we were a bit pooped. And um, I think that, mate, the other thing that uh, I think it, it did highlight, and it's absolutely got nothing to do with our our, um, our current players, but just the depth that some of the other squads have as well. And, um, I just remember looking down in that Brumbies game a couple of weeks ago and that their bench was warming. They had three players warming up to come on the field. Um you know, and Scotty CO, Flau, Fahinga and Nick White, yeah. all Wallabies. And it's, uh, it's tough yards, you know, and yeah. it's just reality. But, um, you know, the, the fact that we hung in there and we're in games, just about every game, just, you know, 50, 
65, 60th minute. It's a huge credit to um, to our players. Yeah, the majority of the squad hadn't played uh, a lot of Super Rugby in the last three years. Was there a, a big difference from what they're playing to that Super Rugby level? Yeah, oh, definitely, mate. And it, it's just those fine margins, which we soon realised after those first couple of games. It's the fine margins, um, you know, at that level of competition. But, um, you know, you've got to be on your game, um, you know, pretty consistently throughout, throughout the whole game. You know, 10, 15-minute lapses are, are really costly at that level. And, you know, we spoke about that as, as we went along throughout the competition. And, um, you know, we all took away a lot of learnings um, each week and, you know, we've reviewed pretty hard, reviewed ourselves pretty hard. And, um, you know, our, our training and preparation um, was outstanding every week. And uh, I said to the guys late in the tournament, I, I could probably just pinpoint two days out of the nine nine weeks where I just felt we were a little bit off. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we, we prepared really well. Um, you know, in-game, as I said, I just think it's those little key moments, mate, where we let ourselves down. And you talk about the, the Brumbies bench. Um, plans for next year with recruiting. Tom Robertson um, assigning this week from the Waratahs, which is obviously great news. Other names being banded around. Um, I'm not sure if they're true or not. There's Isaac Rodder, Will Skelton, Adam Coleman. Are they rumours or have conversations sort of been had? Anyone else that's sort of on, on the, the, the plan that you want to try and get across to the force? Yeah, mate, a, a few of those names are rumours. That, that was the first I, I heard of them when I read about it a few days ago. But <laughs> look, Isaac Rodder, mate, certainly was. We, we looked at him pre-tournament when, um, you know, it, uh, he had a falling out with the Reds. And, yeah, we just needed, uh, uh, you know, uh, Matt Hodgson and I felt we needed just that, a genuine uh, two-metre lock, you know, in this competition. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it didn't have going that way for us, but... Um, yeah, I think the guys that, that performed, like Jeremy Thrush, I thought was outstanding. Yeah, he was. Competition, Fergus Lee Warner was mm-hmm. immense. Probably unlucky not to uh, to make the the initial Wallaby squad. I thought. Um, yeah, so it's it, it, it's pretty active, um, you know, throughout world rugby at the moment in terms of player movement, and um, I, I think yeah, we'd, we'd be silly not to look at all all positions uh, and whether we do end up recruiting or not. Um, yeah, that, that'll probably um, pan out over the next month or so. And do you think the, the way that the force played, sort of this, the obvious spirit that's in the group, um, the way you were embraced by the, the whole Australian rugby community, does that make it easier for you now to, to recruit players because of what people have seen? Yeah, for sure, mate. I think there was a bit of doubt with how we were going to perform leading into the competition by, uh, um, you know, by people within Australian rugby and, and followers. And... Um, yeah, I think maybe uh, we probably raised a few eyebrows with how well we did go. Um, we knew, I think, internally um, that you know we were going to be competitive and um, perform well. But uh, I thought we, um, you know, we were outstanding. And the game where I thought we we got into our flow the most was against you know the Queensland Reds um, in that early game round yeah. two, wherever it was. I can't remember now, but. Uh, yeah, we it was it was our game. You know, it's it's how we've been playing the last couple of years, and um, unfortunately, it uh, you know lose by eight points. I think it was there, and just mismanaged the last fifteen minutes of that game. But um, yeah, I, I think that that particular night, that game was the one that stood out for me, where people uh, 
probably sat back and thought, geez, you know, these guys can play footy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. And it was interesting, there was a little thing I saw in the, it might have been the Australian, and they're saying because the force is, has got no real financial constraints that Rugby Australia is wary the force could, could create a super club here in Perth. But I, I think that'd be magnificent. I see no downside in that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, yeah, look, mate, we're in, we're in a really good position, uh, the club and, and WA Rugby. It's uh, it's great to see. And I think that was a general comment as well, Mick, um, throughout the tournament, catching up with people. That, uh, they were so pleased to see us back in the competition and how strong we are going and, and that uh, Rugby WA is certainly um, um, going from strength to strength. Yeah. Now, look, then the sad reality is that for every player that comes in, one's got to go out and we spoke to Jimmy Holbeck uh, on the rugby wrap last week about players sort of being cut from squads either moving on to other clubs or retiring and Mitch spoke about he got a letter and a cup of coffee from Eddie Jones when he was moved on from the Brumbies obviously not a pleasant thing to happen but but what's the process at the force at the end of when everyone's off contracts what's the process do you do the the buy the cup of coffee and write the letter or other people doing it (laughs) yeah look Hodjo and I work pretty tight together um, around the playing list and yeah, we're just going through a review process now um, you know, of, of the whole program uh, and, and where we need to improve in all areas. And, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, if we are looking to go into a, a different competition next year, um, yeah, hopefully we can get a bit of a, a squad size increase as well and um, you know, bring, bring new players in. What's the situation nationally in terms of, because there's still no broadcast deal as far as I know with money coming in. So in terms of players around the country, what's what's going on? Can they, Are they being signed or are they not being signed at the moment? Yeah, look, I've seen a bit come out um, from the other clubs in the, in the past couple of weeks and that they were obviously on the contract freeze, which I think ended... Uh, maybe two or three weeks into the competition. Um, so they're on a freeze air where there, there couldn't be any movement, no re-signings, no new players signed. Um, and I think now that, uh, you know, that freeze was lifted five, six weeks ago, whatever it was, that, um, that all squads are, are trying to put the foot down a bit. But, um, yeah, it's a, mate, it is still a bit of an unknown um, about the competition next year. But, um, yeah, I, we, the clubs can't sit on their hands and wait. Um, no. We've got to get cracking, and that, uh, yeah, pre-season for us starts late October, so um, it's uh, yeah, we've got to get cracking as well. Because there's a new segment we've introduced the rugby wrap called Mickey's Mailbag, and I'd normally save this one for for, for this that particular segment. But while you while we've got you here, I, I read a report that the force might base themselves in New Zealand next year. What, what can you tell us about that one? Yeah, so I got asked that a couple of days ago <laughs> as well, and um, I don't. That, that's the first I'd heard of it. Oh, is it? Um, <laughs> that's yeah, a good yeah. rumor, Bill. It's a beauty that one. But um, look, I, I think what what I'm working towards is just uh, you know for us to be involved in the highest level competition. Um, you know whether that's a, a domestic competition, Trans Tasman. I don't know. I'd say your guess is as good as mine at the moment, to be honest. So, so you're at, at this stage for for 2021. So. You, you, you don't know what you're playing in and, and when it starts? No, that, that's right. Uh, so I think it's just that, you know, what, what we're all hearing and, and reading at the moment around that domestic or trans-Tasman and, and maybe with a, a late February, early March start for the competition. Well, it's crazy that it's only, I don't know, what's that, six, six months or something away and, and it's still unknown. How, how, 
how hard does that make it for you to prepare? Yeah, I think I've been pretty used to it the last few years. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's just part and parcel now. It'd be nice to have a, a smooth running, but um, but I think as you know, you, you break it down and just work through through um, you know your pre-season blocks and your mini blocks, and and then just wait for the news to filter through. That's all you can do, and and that's what we're working towards now is coming back, um, you know, late October, having having uh, you know four weeks training maybe a week off and another four weeks leading to Christmas. So that, that's what we're planning for now. And then hopefully over the next month, we'll, we'll find out what uh, 2021 looks like. And it's been, a, it's been a crazy year, as you all know. Have you enjoyed it? Uh, mate, it's... You had to take a big, deep breath then. <laughs> You're sounding a bit tired, Sambo. I mean, come on, mate. It's we're still working in rugby. It's the best day anywhere, surely. Uh, you, you bang on, Mitch. Uh, it was a big deep breath, mate, because it it seems so long ago that uh, it's... that that we had that game against the Volki, you know, in, in mid March. Um, uh, it's, yeah, uh, long season. A long season. So I was just thinking back to sort of where it started from, and that it was very tough, mate, during uh, during isolation that that uh, period where we could only train one on one, and then it moved to groups of eight to ten to 20 that that was challenging that was really tough but you know it's uh it certainly improved i think not only mine but the other staff's um um coaching in, in the long run it just it's going to help us because we had to adapt pretty quickly and change things up and, and think forward and um yeah so mate, I, I have enjoyed it for that respect and i've also enjoyed um i think being around quality people this year um, that, that the last 10 weeks has been amazing, mate. And I, I said to the blokes in the change room after the game last weekend that, uh, you know, being 10 weeks away, if, if there were little, um, you know, cracks appearing within the squad um, and blokes, you know, getting cranky at each other, then it could have gone uh, south pretty quickly. But there was absolutely none of that. And, you know, we, we've always spoken about, and I think we're perceived from outsiders into having a really tight group and maybe if we were that then you know we'd become even tighter after the last 10 weeks so that, that is something I've really enjoyed is being around good people. And it would have been good every now and then you had new guys making their debut right up to the end with with Dom Harbin that would put a little injection of excitement into the squad. Yeah it did mate it was a it was a big milestone week last week with, uh, with Dom uh, making his debut off the bench and he actually became uh, the, the 200th um, Super Rugby Cup player. So it was a big milestone week for the club. Um, on, you know, on top on top of uh, Marcel and, and Brian, obviously, with their 50th. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so it was... Um, but it did bring a, a fair bit of injection in, into the uh, the group last week. And just onto the Wallaby squad there, Sambo, um, you mentioned it before, Fergus, Fergus Lee Warner, who's one of the favourites of me and Mick, we thought uh, he had an outstanding tournament. A little bit unlucky not to, to, to be recognised for his performances, do you think? Yeah, Or is definitely, it just because mate. of the depth of guys guys in that position, do you think? He's just held him out of the squad. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think for what this week was, and, and maybe even next week, getting him to camp, it was it was mm. maybe to have, have, a, have a look at people. And I, I think he was deserved of that. He was in our top three every week, Fergus, and um, he played a lot of minutes for us. And um, I think he's he's one they've got to get in and have a look at. And you know, I think our, our set piece 
and uh, you know, short up when he moved to number six. Um, just cleaned our line up, line out up a bit, which was great. And he adapted really well. That's what I was uh, pretty impressed with. Fergus is he adapted really well going from lock to number six because he hadn't played a lot there for us over the past few weeks. So he, he was he was there or thereabouts, mate. We did get a bit of dialogue um, from Rugby Australia that he, he was on a list and. Um, Hopefully, uh, maybe he might get caught in down yeah, into the squad down the track. Yeah, I think there's only upside for him. Um, you can't you can't give that kid enough opportunities and exposure to those next levels. I think you'll you'll really flourish in that. And it's lovely to see Bernard recognised for his performance as well. I know he's he's another one that's toiled away over a number of years, and for him to be recognised um, to be included in that camp is really nice for him. Mate, certainly, yeah, and he, he he's a player. And you guys would have seen and known Brian for a long time. He's just a player that gives it gives it his all. Um, very consistent. Um, rarely makes mistakes. He's one of the best trainers I've ever coached. He's an outstanding trainer. And, and people um, need to be rewarded for that. And, oh, yeah, I was chuffed to, to, you know, for Brian that he, uh, he got the call up. I'm yeah. amazed it took him that long. I think he's been fantastic for years. Well, I think it's a product of he's, he's not really a seven or eight or a six. He can play in all three. He's like, I compare him to where Hodjo used to be when Hodjo was playing in the back row. It was sort of really tough for Hodjo to break into that next level because he was so versatile mm. across different positions. I, I, I liken the way he plays to how Hodjo used to play as well, mm. where he's indispensable in your team at super rugby level, but how does he fit into the next level up? Yeah, I agree. He's that hybrid back rower. He can go anywhere and uh, it was funny because I, when, I, when I was chatting to Dave Rennie at, uh, at the start of last week, leading into that Melbourne Rebels game, and, and he he actually brought up that um, you know he sees Brynard being able to play um, in the number seven jersey, and I, I said to him, I said, well, you'll probably see that this weekend because <laughs> um, that, that's where we we were looking to play Brynard just to go a bit bigger last weekend, and uh, yeah, he performed well, you know, in that number seven jersey as he has done previously for us. Yeah, and nice, and nice recognition for Kyle, who's been overseas and come back. But also, uh, Filetti is a bit of a smoky, being included in the squad as well. And and obviously, that was from his earlier performances in the Super Rugby. Yeah, a bit of a smoky, mate. And um, again, chatting to Dave, um, uh, when, when Dave uh, mentioned Filetti to me, that Dave sees him sort of like as a, that New Zealand-type hooker, um, pretty dynamic and powerful and um, could play in the wider channels if need be. And... But that's how Dave saw him, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, probably he's a smoky mate, but I'm, I'm sure Flatty will make the most. But he's, he's that type of person. Anybody else that you would have liked to have seen recognised? Yeah, mate. I, I know, I think I know it's hard to have favourites, but you know we all got them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I, I think Ian Pryor, you know, it, uh, it was really good for us at, at halfback, and uh, I think if they if they'll take four halfbacks, he'd certainly be there, but. Um, He's probably a bit different to a couple of the other halfbacks that are there, and you take McDermott's and, and Nick White. Yeah, you know, he just does everything uh, really well. He's got a good all-round game, and you know, if you if you want to throw a halfback on with 15, 20 minutes to go off the bench against the All Blacks, I'm sure that Ian, Ian would go out and do a great job. So he's a different style of uh, halfback compared to a couple of the others. So I think he he. Um, you know, was worthy of a look as well, and 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 on the back end of how he played, he had a really good tournament. Um, it was captain and halfback. He was, he was that, that cool, calm, level-headed player that we needed in this competition. And there was a fair bit of chatter too about Byron Ralston uh, throughout the tournament. 
Yeah, I think Byron started really well. Uh, had, had a good first few games, and um, you know, I think when you do have you know some good performances, the opposition start to focus on you a bit and pay you a bit more attention. And I think that came that came Byron's way. Mm. Um, unfortunately, had a had a concussion against um, you know the Reds down on the Gold Coast and, and missed the following game. But um, yeah, I, I think after those early performances, uh, he was certainly putting his hand up. And what about results going forward for the competition, mate? Who do you think um, are the short favourites to take out the, the inaugural Super Rugby AU? Yeah, it's a good question, Mitch. I, if uh, does your do your Queensland allegiances come in then? Oh, well, mate, you, you picked it in one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you picked it in one, but uh, yeah. look on form from the last two weeks. I don't think you can shy away from that either. Um, yeah, they're playing some really good rugby. They probably hit the unfortunately, um, hit their groove around that 50-minute mark against us and they've been bloody good since. But I love their no-fear factor. You know, they, just, they, they go out and just have a crack and oh, I love that. And then they're so tenacious. Um, uh, they, they never give up and obviously well-led by, uh, by Thorny there. Brumbies, Brumbies I think, uh, yeah, having a week off will come good. They'll probably be able to settle on a team early. Uh, that that I thought may have had a bit to do with their form over the last couple of weeks is they've been chopping and changing a fair bit. But if they settle on a team early um, and have a good you know, week and a half with, with knowing you know, what combinations they're going to go in with, I think they'll be really hard to beat in camera. But um, yeah, I'll probably go for a Reds-Brumbies final and I'll go Reds by four points. There you go. All right. If that, oh, comes, nice. if, if that comes off, we'll send you a little voucher for some Elmstock tea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tim, mate, as I said, um, look, to yourself and the players and all the support staff, you're a real credit to the organisation. So thanks for everything you've, you've done this year. And thanks again for joining us on the Rugby Wrap. Enjoy your break. And we look forward to seeing the force either in New Zealand or at NIB Stadium somewhere sort of come February, March next year. Thank you.